All right, welcome back, guys, to another episode of Two Minute Drill brought to you by Deep Dive Sports. My name is Brian and I will be your host today. I am joined by uh, John and Nick. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. So we've had a busy off season, a lot of trades, a lot of stuff. It's finally starting to die down. So we'll go ahead and get into our first topic. And I uh, just want to get your guys' opinion on kind of the talent gap between the AFC and the a- NFC with, you know, all the trades going in and out. I'll go ahead and start with John. What do you think, man? Uh, well, I, I, I think the reason why they're, um, they're shifting is there, there's, there's players that are being traded or signed to AFC teams. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that have went to the AFC. So I, I, that's probably, that's my take on it. I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think the NFC, I'm not saying it's not competitive, but I just think it's not as competitive as an AFC team even though the last two super bowls they've was an nfs nfc team that won it so yeah i agree with that uh, what do you think nick yeah, i think definitely when you look at the past two, two super bowls you see you know the bucks and then the rams winning i think i i think that like the the top you know four maybe even five teams in the nfc are probably amongst the best teams in the nfl but when you really look at the afc there's there's really maybe like 10 10 teams that can come out of the AFC and, and really kind of represent in the Super Bowl. where realistically, when you look at the, the NFC, there's only like maybe five, maybe six at max, you know what I mean? So I think that like that shows, and then even the teams that you're like, they probably won't make the Super Bowl. They're still pretty quality teams. You know what I mean? That might surprise us. So it's just like, and I, I think when you talk about the quarterback position, I think the AFC is kind of, it hit a little bit of a slump there for a little bit where there wasn't very many teams that had their quarterback set. Um, but I think that, you know, especially with the Russell Wilson um, trade to the Broncos, you have the Broncos, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Bills, um, uh, the Ravens, the Bengals, you know, the Titans, the Patriots. I can go on and on. You know, I think they all have their quarterbacks that they're pretty set with. Um, and I think that's super important when you kind of look at the NFC. There's a lot of question marks. Um, I think a lot more question marks at the quarterback position than I think there are in the AFC. And I think that kind of, you know, you look at that talent gap and that's really where that is at at that quarterback position. I think that'll kind of show next year when, you know, we see a lot, a lot more good quarterback play come out of the AFC. And I definitely agree with, that. I mean, when you look at the NFC at when I look at it, the big quarterbacks in there, it's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford. And like, those are the, like the elites. And that's kind of about it where the AFC, I could definitely see teams going 10, 11 wins and still missing the playoffs. Even outside of the quarterback, you've got Devontae Adams going to the AFC. you got got uh, Von Miller going to the AFC. you got just so many big-name players, not even that are quarterbacks, just going over and uh, just making that division or that conference super competitive. And speaking about the AFC, uh, I mean, we've seen uh, Russell Wilson get traded. We've seen uh, Devontae Adams get traded over there. Several other players. What do you guys take on the AFC West? Because the Chiefs have been dominating it for the last couple of years, but now it seems like they've gotten a little worse. The other teams in that league have, or that division have definitely gotten better. So who do you think is going to win that division? Uh, we'll start with Nick. That's a tough one because, I mean, I still think the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the division. And I think that matters. I think 
I think when you when you think about the Chiefs, people think they've gotten worse. I I think they chose to do something. I think they chose to protect Patrick Mahomes. I think they saw if if you can protect your quarterback, you don't need, you know, A plus wide receivers. You don't need A plus, you know, tight ends. You don't need an A plus running back. You just need you need a, a B plus running back, a couple B wide receivers, and maybe a B tight end. And as long as your offensive line is blocking and giving your quarterback time he's going to be able to complete passes and you're going to make it to Super Bowls. I think the biggest thing that they've kind of lost right now is that defense. They got to figure that out, especially in a division now where they have Devontae Adams going up against them, um, you know, and and obviously the other guys in, in that league, but he's pretty much the main one that they're going to have to cover. And I don't think they really have a guy that can cover them. Um, I think outside of that, just going with Patrick Mahomes because he's the best quarterback, I – I honestly think that this might be like the year of the Chargers only because I think Justin Herbert is going to take that next step and maybe maybe prove that he's just as good as Patrick Mahomes, if not maybe overtake him for the best quarterback in that division. And I think with the trade for Khalil Mack, him and Bosa, you know, coming at you on either side, I think that that's going to be a fun defense to watch, especially when you talk about Derwin James in the secondary. And I think they've been in talks with Tyron Matthew, maybe. So if they can get Honey Badger, I know the Steelers were in talks with them too, but you know, Honey Badger and, and um, Derwin James. And then I think they got JC Jackson as well. So that would be just a lights out secondary that I think could, you know, put, put the clamps on um, Devonte Adams. And, and I don't think anybody in that division will be able to stop him. So I think this might be the year of the chargers. Hey, right, I like it. What about, uh, what do you guys say, John? You know, I'm going to go with the Chiefs again. Uh, I think they're the favorite. Uh, people talk about them losing Tyreek Hill and they got worse and all that. But like Nick mentioned before, you know, they got the quarterback. They have an elite quarterback. They protect them. I kind of look at it as a kind of a, a situation where, um, you know, Tom Brady, when he was with New England, he had guys that were – some of them were like undrafted free agents. They were right off the street, and they were still able to win games and be competitive. So, like I said, I agree with Nick that you don't need all these elite receivers and stuff like that. You just got to have a, a really good quarterback, got to protect them, uh, and he has to be healthy. But if you have the quarterback, having elite receivers and elite running backs, elite tight ends are nice to have, but it's not like a end-all, be-all kind of thing. Um, I think it starts and it ends with, with whoever's playing quarterback. I mean, you look at, uh, like I said, Tom Brady, all the guys that he played with in New England, the, I mean, other than maybe Randy Moss, they weren't really elite weapons. Oh, I mean, we had Grok. Grok was a, probably going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. But other than that, they didn't have a lot of you know elite weapons, but they did have an elite quarterback. They were able to, they were able to make do with the surrounding cast around them. And I, in a way, I kind of look at the Chiefs doing that because Tyreek Hill is no longer there. They still have Travis Kelsey, so he's obviously going to be a threat. Uh, my biggest concern with the Chiefs is that last year, their secondary, their, sec their passing defense was 27th in the league. Uh, I think that needs to improve. And I'm going to talk about later who I think will, they will sign or trade for free agent, or not free, trade for, who they will sign a free agency later on in this episode. But I think they need to get that fixed. I think that's a huge, huge problem over there. And if you have guys like Devonte Adams and other good receivers in that division, they're going to be they're got to they got to have some guys that can cover and shut those shut those receivers down. Yeah, I got I do got to agree with the uh, Chiefs defense being a big concern. 
But I'm going to agree with Nick on this. I think uh, this is the Chargers year. I mean, last year they looked great. Their defense was their big weakness. They've done a lot this offseason to kind of strengthen that. And I just, out of all the teams, I feel like they're the most complete. So I, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I think they they got the edge right now. And uh, we'll just go ahead and move on to the next topic, which is just what's your thoughts on a couple of uh, trades slash signings that have happened last week or two? And since we're talking about the AFC West, might as well start with Tyree Kill. Got traded to the Dolphins for a first, second, two-fourths, and a sixth. Two, so what do you guys think about this? And I'll have you start, John. I think it's a good fit. I, I like it. Um, you know, I think it, the, the Dolphins have some other weapons at reach. Has some other weapons at receiver. They have a young quarterback who I know who he is. I just can't pronounce his name. Um, so I'm going to butcher it. So I'm not even going to say it. But no, I think it's it's a good fit. Um, um, I, I think it'll give their quarterback a lot of weapons. Um, and he's young, so he's going to need all the help he can get. I think he's going to be uh, have a breakout year this year. Right, what do you got to say, Nick? I think both teams won here I think the Chiefs are able to kind of move on and use those draft picks to fill some needs I, I think they're gonna you know use those draft picks to fill some much needed needs on defense I think it's gonna really help you know at first I thought okay cool go out and get a wide receiver you know maybe like a um, Garrett Wilson or even a Chris Olave but I think with the wide receivers that they have I think with Juju with Miko Hartman I think if you can try to bring back um, Byron Pringle I think that that wide receiving core is good enough to get it done, especially with um, Travis Kelsey. So I think you go and you use those picks and you fill out your defense and, and you really get better. Like, like um, John was saying on the, the Miami side of things, I think they got a guy that's going to be, you know, still really productive for another two years. I, I think he has another two really good productive years in him. Um, after that, I think we might see his decline a little bit, maybe some injuries and other things, but I think between him and Waddle, I think that's probably one of the best wide receiving cores in the league. And, and I think it'll be fun to see if Tua can capitalize off of that. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited for both sides. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, I, I think both teams kind of won here slash it made sense because Chiefs, you know, they're not there yet, but they're heading towards cap space issues. And the Dolphins get an elite player. And, you know, for that elite player, the Chiefs get a ton of draft capital to fix their team, which – I mean, that's just great. They get a lot of, I don't want to call them cheap, but, you know, real, you know, cheap rookie players to take over. And uh, what do you guys think of the Rams signing Bobby Wagner to a five-year, $50 million contract? Uh, what do you feel about it, Nick? I think, honestly, when you look at the two L.A. teams, whether that's the Rams or the Chargers, I think they really, you know, always stress defense. I think the Rams are – a little bit better, though, because they have all three levels, you know what I mean, especially if Aaron Donald's able to come back. They have a premier pass rusher. They have a guy in the middle of the field that can lead the defense, and um, he's amazing against the pass. He's amazing against the run and the rush, and then, you know, you have a guy in the secondary who is a lockdown corner, one of the best corners in the league, so I think I think they're they're set at all three levels of the defense now. Um, and then obviously with Matthew Stafford coming back, and I think that offense is pretty much going to be clicking the same way. Um, I, I think they're going to be fine. So I, I can see the Rams, you know, making a good push to trying to run it back. Right, what do you think, John? I love it. Um, I I was I, I was wondering what they were going to do when Spawn Miller was previous with the Rams and what the Buffalo. I think it's a really good fit. Um, they're they're both really good players. 
They both have been in the league for 10 plus years. So they're they're not just really the players, but they're really knowledgeable players. They're veterans in this game. But I think it's a really good decision. You know, they 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 found somebody to replace Von Miller, and then maybe even somebody better than Von, Von Miller. And I just I, I love the move. I, I wish the Browns could have done it. <laughs> Yeah, Bobby Wagner is definitely a better all-around linebacker than Von Miller. Like, Von Miller is a good linebacker, but he's mainly like a pass rusher. You know, Bobby Wagner is going to be able to, you know, help stop the run at the second level. He's going to be able to help, you know, guard the slot or guard those tight ends um, coming out for, you know, going out for passes. And then if you need if you need him to rush the passer, I don't think he's like, you know, a premier linebacker at rushing the passer, but he can still do it. He can still get you some sacks. So, I think that that honestly was a, a really good signing for him. I mean, they gave him a good chunk of money, but, you know, with the way these contracts are structured anyway, they'll probably be able to get out of it by like year. It's probably not that big of a Yeah, I got I mean, it sounds like a lot, but for an experienced, you know, player at an important position, I think it's a pretty good deal for the Rams. So I'm, I like I like the signing. And um, I know we've had a lot of, you know, free agent signings, a lot of trades. I mean, I don't remember the last offseason where it was this busy, but it's kind of hard to believe there's still free unsigned free agents out there. What are your guys' uh, top three players that are still unsigned, and where do you think they're going to end up before the, you know, start of the season? We'll start with John. My top three agents, um, J- Javon Clowney, go back to the Browns. Um, and I, I really like Stefan Gilmore to go to the Chiefs. I think if they lose uh, Tyron Matthew, which sounds like from what I'm reading that they, they're probably going to, but I, I would love to see Stefan Gilmore help that 27th ranked secondary that was last year. I think giving him a lockdown corner would be a lot of good help. And I, I'd like to see Tyron Matthew to the Broncos. What do you got, Nick? I feel like uh, <laughs> I have the same three. I I think obviously those are kind of clearly the three biggest free agents left. Um, where they're going to go just depends on, I guess, just what teams are willing to shell out the money. So I think Stefan Gilmore still has a ton left in the tank. You know what I mean? I think yeah. teams, teams that would be pretty good for him to join is maybe a team that's pretty much um, – you know, Super Bowl bound or, or, you know, has the opportunity to go to Super Bowl. I think Clowney and, and you know, the Honey Badger are the same way. You know, teams that come to mind is like the Packers. Like the Packers are a team that maybe like all three of them could go to. You know, you look at a team maybe like Miami that has a little bit of money left that all three of them could go to. And, and I think that they would all fit in well there. You know, obviously the AFC West already has a ton of talent. So, but I mean, Stefan Gilmar could sit right in next to like someone like J.C. Jackson. Um, and I think that that would be a good pairing for him. So I just think that that they they need to they need to go to a team and not necessarily try to cash in on a payday. I know they want their money, but I think those three guys need to go to a team where they know that they're going to be given an opportunity to compete for the postseason. And I think that I think that would be the best situation for them. And I think Stefan Gilmore needs to pair himself with like you know a corner that's already you know, the number one corner so that he can kind of go out there and, you know, in, in, in his like, you know, increasing age, um, I still think he's very productive, but he, it'll take a little bit off of him and he can kind of go out there and shine. So, like I said, somebody like the Packers, somebody like, you know, pairing next to JC Jackson, or maybe even go into the Rams. And I just think that those teams would be good for him. Um, Jadavion Clowney could pretty much fit on anything because he's going to stop the rush. And then I think Tyron Matthew being next to another strong, 
like another good safety, um, like the Steelers or the Chargers would be a good fit as well, too. So funny enough, I got the same three. I mean, <laughs> David and Tony, I mean, nine sacks, 11 tackles for loss last season, but he does have a lot of injury concerns. So I think it's going to come down to is any team going to take a big risk and sign him for a lot of money? just, you know, in the off chance that he does get injured and is out for the whole season, just like how it kind of worked out with the Titans. I think he'll, st- I got him staying with the Browns right now. Stephon Gilmore, I mean, he's great at what he does. I mean, the market for his position right now is about like 15 million a year. I think he'll definitely end up with a competitor. I think he'll end up with like the Bills or the Cardinals. And then uh, Tyron Matthew, I mean, great safety. And I think he'd be a perfect fit, as much as I hate to say it, for the Steelers. So those are my three. And what do you guys think was the uh, biggest steal of free agency this year? And uh, how did Nick start? This is a tough one because I feel like it was it was a bigger offseason for trades. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go with somebody who hasn't been signed yet. I'm going to go back to those top three they were talking about. I think wherever – as long as he ends up in the right situation, I think wherever Stefan Gilmore ends up, I think he's going to be a pretty big steal. Um, I just, like I said, I I was kind of confused on why the Patriots let him go. I know it's the Patriots way, but they didn't even like sell high. They didn't even get anything for him. So I don't know. I just, I think if he can land in the right situation, I think he's going to be really productive. I don't think he's a number one corner anymore, but I still think he could play like a number one corner in certain situations. So I don't know. I, I think that he's going to be the biggest steal wherever he goes in free agency. You know, as of somebody who's already signed so far, I think the Rams won that right now with Bobby Wagner, getting him $10 million a year for his, like you said, for his, you know, knowledge that he has for the game, the way that he plays and they're only paying him $10 million a year. That's a, that's a pretty good deal. I, th- I think that's, that's, I would say that's a steal. And uh, who do you got, uh, John? Uh, Bobby Wagner. It's like, I think we all picked the same players today. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else, but I really can't. Um, was Matt Ryan a free agent? No, he got traded. That's what I was saying. He got traded. Most, most of the stuff that happened in the offseason was all trades. <laughs> yeah, I agree. There's yeah. not a whole lot of free agent signings compared to how many trades there were. Yeah, Bobby Wagner, I've said before, you know, he's an elite defender. A lot of, you know, he's, he's as good, if not better than Von Miller. He's a good replacement for Von Miller. And $10 million sounds like a lot of money to you and me, but I think that's a a reasonable price for the kind of player he is. I got to agree. And I mean, since there was so many trades, uh, what was kind of the uh, best trade to you guys? And go ahead, John. Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. I know we talked about a lot about him. Uh, I feel like it gives that young quarterback, I can't remember how to say his name, to – uh, I can't remember anyway. But anyway, yeah, uh, I, I think it, he'll be a lot of help for a young quarterback. That was my my trade. Not my. I thought that was my best trade. Not my best trade. The best trade was Tyree Kill to the Dolphins. All right, and uh, what do you got, Nick? Um, you know, here's here's somebody that that was signed that uh, we kind of forgot about, but. He's going to kind of go along with my uh, my best trade. I think Khalil Mack is probably going to turn out to be 
a really good trade, and he's paired along their recent signing in J.C. Jackson, who actually probably was a pretty big steal away from the Patriots as well, too, in the AFC. But, no, I think Julio Mack is, is going to be – is going to prove to be one of the best trades only because he's paired next to somebody else who is a premier pass rusher. You know, I know Joey Bosa's had his, his injury history, but when he's fully healthy and he's on the field – he is probably one of the better pass rushers in the league. So them two next to each other, if they can continue, if they can stay healthy this season, I think that that is going to, they're just, they're going to wreck offensive lines and it's going to be fun to watch. So I think that's going to be, you know, come down as one of the better trades of the off season. But I, I do like the Tyree kill trade him and Jalen are going to be fun to watch. That's going to be a powerful duo. I'm going to go back to uh, one that happened really early in the off season. And uh, I want to say the Browns getting Amari Cooper, just because, I mean, you see, I'm not saying he's as good as these guys, but, you know, Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill, how many draft picks that these teams had to give up to get them. And then uh, the Browns swoop in and get Amari for a, what is basically a fifth. It just, it's a great deal for them. They get a really good player that can transform that receiving room. So uh, we've talked about the best uh, trades. What's the worst trade to you guys? Go ahead, John. Uh, Deshaun Watson going to the Browns. I, I, the fact that the guys, I, nothing's happened yet that I've heard, but he might be suspended six games, I would say, at the minimum, maybe the whole year. I've been hearing that, you know, as a, a lot of news. I just, I don't think he makes the Browns look good, considering the stuff that he's accused of. I just don't see why you pay what two hundred forty million dollars for a guy that's going to miss some some games next year, maybe even the whole year, and he hasn't played in what a year and a half. And then you have all his legal troubles on top of that. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but Jim Tomei's wife refuses to buy season Brown tickets because of the whole Watson thing. And honest to gosh, I don't blame her. You know, I don't. I, I just don't like the guy. Now maybe he's innocent. But the fact that he's had, what, 22 a- a- accusations? I mean, something's off. There's got to be, I would think, some truth to it. Um, but, yeah, that, that to me, that's the worst trade. All right. What's your uh, thoughts, Nick? Um, I, I think the worst trade of the offseason is a Carson Wentz trade. Not, I'm going to, you know, not, not just because I don't think he's really going to be that, you know, much of a productive quarterback for them. But when you look at how much Washington gave up for him, I think it was like, three thirds and a fourth. And then, you know, Indianapolis was able to give up a third for Matt Ryan, which I think we all can sit here and be like, we think Matt Ryan's a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. So, I mean, the Indianapolis Colts kind of fleeced Washington on that one. Um, clearly Washington was desperate, but I think that's probably the worst trade because I think he's they, they gave up too much capital for somebody who really – wouldn't warrant it you know what I mean I think I think a third round draft pick would have been just enough to get him I think you probably could have given him a fourth and a, and a six and I think that would have been just good enough to get him so I don't know that 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 to me is probably the worst trade you know of the offseason so far yeah I was gonna say Carson Wentz trade because I mean they definitely rushed that I mean I definitely think Matt Ryan's a better quarterback than Wentz and they got him for really cheap comparatively and, but since you said that, I'm going to put out a lesser known name, but still kind of interesting one. Uh, Patriots trading Shaq Mason, who is a guard for just the fifth. He is a very good guard. And when you look around the league and if you will, or you guys were part of the uh, 
being a GM, you know, for teams episodes, a lot of teams have needs on the offensive line and just, you know, to trade one of the best guards in the league for a fifth just seems like a bad idea to me. I feel like they could have gotten more for him. And, um, but let's go ahead and move on to the next one. So the NFL finally, in my opinion, finally changed the overtime rule. What do you guys think about it? And do you think uh, they should have done this sooner? Or do you think it's not going to be a permanent thing? What do you got, Nick? Yeah, I definitely think it should have been sooner. I don't know. I, I still don't really like it that much. I I think that, like, I don't know. I, I think it's definitely better. I think giving each team a chance to score is definitely best-case scenario. I think that definitely should be, you know, um, adopted for the regular season. I just, first of all, I don't. I don't think a game should end in a tie. I think that's dumb. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, second, I don't think that, you know, what's what's the point in having a different overtime rule in the regular season compared to the offseason? That doesn't make any sense either. Make it fluid throughout the whole season. I think something that's super interesting that maybe the NFL adopts um, is kind of similar to what the college overtime rules are. I think that that's fun. I think that's something fun to watch. I think – I think what you would do is you would do an overtime like they have now where each team gets a chance to score. If both teams score, um, then basically you line up on, I think it was the 10 yard line or something like that, maybe even five, wherever they line up in college and they get one play to score. It's like a two point conversion pretty much. And I think basically what you would do is just on either side of the field, you line up offense and defense on each. And then one goes, if they don't get it, you pan over to the other side of the field. The other set goes, if they don't get it, you pan over to the other side and they go and you just keep going back and forth until somebody scores and somebody doesn't. And I think that that would be, I think it'd be fun. It'd be super fast and bang, bang. And it'd be like a crazy strategy um, for the coaches to try to work out, to have to go back and forth in the matter of like, you know, 30 seconds of like, okay, like our offense didn't score. Now we got to, you know, get on defense and figure it out and, I don't know. I, I just think that there's there's other ways to make it more fun, but I think simply they need to make it fluid through the regular season to the postseason, and then I think that they should do away with ties. Somebody has to win the game. I like it. What do you got, John? I, I agree. Uh, I, I don't like ties. Um, I think if they expanded into the regular season, I think that would make it really interesting. It, the, the games would be higher stakes. Um, it would almost, I wouldn't say almost like a playoff game, but it'd be, I, it, it, I think it would definitely be more competitive. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, we can want this as much as we can. Uh, it's, it's good. If there's something's going to change, money is going to be the reason it's probably going to change. So, uh, I would like that to have not, I would like the overtime rules to expand the regular season, but if the money's not there, the NFL's not going to do it. Yeah. I think, uh, the NFL should have done this years ago, and I, I want them to do it for the regular season because, I mean, <clears throat> ties just aren't satisfying to me. No. I do think the NFL was kicking themselves in the offseason this last year because, I mean, like the Bills-Chiefs game, just how that played out was really disappointing and unsatisfying because, I mean, I could have – if it played like college and stuff, I could have definitely seen like that going into double overtime, stuff like that. Because I mean, it was so disappointing when they got one possession, marched right down the field, scored game over. But uh, let's go and move on to maybe a little bit more of a heavy topic. Uh, Colin Kaepernick's back in the news. He's been trying to get back in the league. He did say he is willing to uh, sign a backup 
role and then uh, work his way up into being a starting quarterback again. So do you guys think uh, any team's really going to take the chance, sign him after being out of the league for five years? What's your take, John? Well, I, yeah, I think he needs to be a backup. Um, I don't know what team will sign him, but I think he needs to be a backup and work his way up. I'm rooting for Colin Kaepernick. I feel so bad for the guy. Uh, you know, he, he was a scapegoat for the NFL. Yes, he protested and sat, uh, not sat, kneeled in the national anthem, but it wasn't like he was burning cars or blowing up buildings or doing any kind of, I mean, yes, it was a protest, but it was a peaceful protest. And I think the NFL just wanted to get rid of him because it made him look bad, made the NFL look bad, not Colin Kaepernick. And like I said, I think he, I think he really got screwed over. I mean, his whole career got ruined and he lost millions and millions of dollars. So, and his youth, you know, the guy is 37 years old. He, he's not a spring chicken anymore. So I'm rooting for him. I, I really do. I, I wish him the absolute best. Um, you know, it, it, it's funny that you mentioned, well, whether this guy deserves a, or will or deserves a second chance. I am by far want Colin Kaepernick to get a second chance and probably any other player in the NFL that I've ever known of of getting a second chance. I mean, we give second chances to the Michael Vicks of the world or the Deshaun Watson, the Watsons of the world. And it's just like, if we can give those guys a second chance, we should give Colin Kaepernick a second chance before any of those guys. So that's just my take on it. I, like I said, go cap. I, I don't know what team he's going to go to, but I think he's, he still has a lot left in the tank, and I'm, I'm rooting for him. All right, I definitely agree. Well, what do you got, Nick? I'm going to agree with John on like on the fact that I think if you were going to go off of you know how how his career ended with the NFL, based because they basically forced him out and they basically blackballed him from the league, I, I think on that basis he deserves a chance to compete for a team this offseason. But I, I kind of want to remind everybody, and and let's let's take you know. I guess the the politicalness out of it. Let's take what he did out of it. When you go back before he started started protesting, he was benched for you know other quarterbacks on his team. He was not playing good football. So does does he deserve a chance to you know compete again in the NFL because he was playing well back then? I don't know because he wasn't playing good football to begin with. He was he was benched. You know he he started kneeling on the sidelines um, because he wasn't. He, he wasn't playing. He was, he was sitting on the sideline. So I, I think the, the thing that, that we have to remember is like, yes, the NFL blackballed him. They forced him out. Um, I think he deserves an opportunity to compete at a camp somewhere, um, whether that's, you know, for a team um, in need of a backup quarterback, or maybe even a team that's kind of, um, you know, on the rocks of whether or not they, they want to go with their starting quarterback. But I don't think that we should look at it as like, he's going to play well because you know, five years ago, he was being benched for other quarterbacks, especially younger quarterbacks or quarterbacks that aren't even in the league anymore today. So yes, I think he deserves an opportunity to try to come back, but I don't think that, I think we also have to remember that even if a team gives him an opportunity, that it's likely that he's not going to make, that he's not going to make the roster. Cause like John said, he's 37 years old. You know, he hasn't played in five years. And when the last time we did see him, he wasn't even starting in the NFL. So I just think that like this situation is going to kind of continue to develop. And, and I just, I don't know. I, I think we're kind of past the point of, 
you know, unfortunately him getting an opportunity because at some point you got to look at it like, okay, this dude's almost pushing 40. And like I said, he wasn't, he wasn't playing good football before they blackballed him out of the league. So yes, does he deserve an opportunity because of what they did to him? Sure. But I just, I don't, I don't want to get our hopes up that he's going to, you know, make this miraculous comeback and, and, and be like, you know, a productive quarterback in the league. Cause I just, I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't see him even being able to make a backup starting role just because of based on what he played previously and, and, and how long it's been since he played. Yeah. I, I think, uh, he'll, I think he'll get a shot. I think his days as a starter are over, but I could definitely see the team like the jets or something that have like a really shaky starter quarterback. I could see them signing him as a backup, putting him in because I mean, <laughs> Zach Wilson's had his struggles, not blaming him for everything. But I could see them maybe throwing him in just because why not? As long as they can get him for the right price, which, I mean, if he wants in the league that bad, he'll sign, you know, whatever they will uh, give him. But uh, let's move on to another topic about contracts. We've talked a lot about Deshaun Watson. He's been all over the news. But let's talk more about his contract in the terms of $230 $230 million for five years, fully guaranteed. You don't see a lot of get fully guaranteed contracts. And since it happened, a lot of owners, a lot of GMs have been a little upset about it. One of them was is uh, the Ravens owner because, you know, they're heading into a year where they got to sign uh, Lamar Jackson's next contract. And, you know, he might demand, hey, I want fully guaranteed money. So do you think uh, we're going to ha- see a lot more of that type of contract? Start with uh, Nick. I mean, honestly, I do think we're going to see more fully guaranteed contracts. I think this, though, I, I think if we're going to start fully guaranteeing contracts, and I think the amount per year has to adjust, you know what I mean? I think we have to be realistic about that. Um, like, I think the market has to kind of reset on positions if we're going to fully guarantee contracts. Because... You know, I'm 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 fully in the boat of us sitting there being like, okay, like normally a quarterback right now, I guess in the market, if you're a top tier quarterback signing a new contract, you're right around fifty million dollars a year, pretty much. If you were to fully guarantee that, then like as a team, I'm like, yo, like let me knock ten million off of that. I'll fully guarantee it for forty million dollars a year, you know, but save me a little bit money on the back end so I can go ahead and go out and put better players around you. I'm cool with doing that, so that regardless of what happens, you're gonna get your money. You know what I mean? But you also got to help me out. So I think that that's kind of where the league should go towards. I don't think it will because, you know, obviously Deshaun Watson got, you know, like is fully guaranteed and he's getting like $55 million a year pretty much or $50 million a year. So we're just kind of sitting in that situation now where like I can see why, you know, GMs would be mad because they're looking at their young quarterbacks and they're like, you know, like, wow, it's only going to go up. So by the time like somebody like Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert get get paid i mean they're going to be get, getting fully what fully guaranteed contracts for 55 60 million dollars a year i mean that's that's insane that's that's your whole cap you know what i mean you can't you can't bring anybody else back like what are you going to do like i don't so it's like it's one of those things that i i don't know i i think like the players you know especially at the quarterback position need to really sit down and think about like what do i want out of this you know what i mean do do i want to win games or do i want to make a lot of money because I think it goes hand in hand. Like when you're a young quarterback, you're only winning a lot of games because of the talent around you as well. You're not going out there doing that all by yourself. You can't throw the ball to yourself. You can't run the ball by yourself. You know what I mean? You, you have to, you can't block for yourself. 
you have to have those guys around you. Now, I understand a really good quarterback is going to make those players better around them, but you still have to have solid guys around you in order to be successful. So if you're taking up a third of the cap, maybe even close to half the cap, because that's what the market demands. I mean, yeah, sure, go ahead and get it, but just understand nobody's going to block for you. Nobody's going to be catching your passes. You know what I mean? You're going to look like the Steelers with no offensive line and everybody dropping balls every every play because you don't have the money to go out there and put, you know, a squad around you. But, you know, I, I don't know. I can see where the owners are upset because they, they want to have productive, good, you know, winning football teams. But that's just where the league's going. You, know, you look You look at your premier positions. Pretty much right now it's quarterback wide receiver, cornerbacks, and pass rushers. That's that's your premier, and then, you know, obviously your tackles. But those guys are going to get paid a lot of money. Like, your pass rushers and your DBs are going to get paid around, like, $20 million a year. We see wide receivers getting paid, like, $30 million a year. And then, you know, you see your tackles getting paid, like, 16 17 maybe even some close to, like, $20 million a year, too. So, it's just like you're you're going to have like three or four really good guys on your team that have fully guaranteed contracts. And then you're going to have a bunch of, you know, rookies, young guys and older vets that are going to fill out the rest of your roster. And maybe that's good enough to get it done. I don't know. But that's kind of what the league is going to go to, to. And, and I think I think the money situation for other positions is only going to get worse. Like you look at like running backs or. Um, linebackers, like they're they're not going to be able to get paid as much because all these other positions are getting paid a bunch. I fully agree. Uh, what's your thoughts on it, John? Well, you know, I think it's good for the players, bad for the GMs. So I think it's a, a double-edged sword, but I, I agree with Nick. I mean, if you have most of your money, um, you know, involved in the quarterback, how are you going to have a successful team because you're not going to have anybody around them? Now, unless, and I know we talk about Tom Brady a lot on here, unless you have a guy like Tom Brady who can work well and be successful with players that are minimum on the salary, then I could see it working. But that's like just one scenario out of other scenarios. So I, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I agree with Nick. You just, you can't have all your money invested in the quarterback because you're not going to have the, the right guys around them to to help him be successful. So I think it's almost like they're they spend all your money on your quarterback. You're basically the team is being shot in the foot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the cap limit is there for a reason and there's only so much money to go around for all these teams. But uh, I mean, another thing to think about with it is injuries. I mean, you got quarterbacks like Carson Wentz who, I mean, don't know, he's not getting paid a ton of money right now but he also has a major injury history. What if you sign a guy for five years, fully guaranteed, and he starts, you know, getting injured every year, missing a lot of games. I mean, that's just going to really kill your team. But uh, I do agree with Nick. I think it's going to be more common, but I think there's going to have to eventually be an adjustment of you want fully guaranteed money, you get paid less money. But that's just my thoughts. You guys got anything else? No. All right. Then I do got one just question for you. Do you guys know the first quarterback to ever get a full and fully guaranteed uh, contract? Correct. Okay. I would not have guessed that. I don't know who I would have guessed, to be honest. And honestly, that was not too long ago because that was when he went to the Vikings. So... (laughs) Yeah, so it's something that we're just now starting to see a lot of. 
But uh, thanks, guys, for joining me. And thanks, viewers, for listening. I appreciate it. And this has been uh, Two Minute Drill. We'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast, D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, Two Minute Drill listeners, until next time.